Mike Norvell had some positive things to say today during his press conference, and it's going to lead right in to my stock report for the Florida State Seminoles. You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back into another edition of Locked on Seminoles. I am your host, Brian Smith, and today's show is going to get right into the nuts and bolts of this week, which is Florida State Duke, a top 25 matchup. We're going to talk about Mike Norvell's press conference. We're also going to talk about the stock report and a lot of what Coach Norvell said today during his press conference as I went back through it and I'm taking notes, writing quotes and all this. It's like, this is what I had because I'd kind of done my stock report and he touched upon a couple of the key things, O-line, special teams, et cetera. And we'll, we'll get into those particulars here in a little while. I do want to kind of go over a few of his quotes and why I think he and I are aligned on this and why it's important in football. Uh, so segment one, just about Mike and his press conference and the attitude the body language, that's something I really, 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 really get into. The body language for head coaches, especially when they're asked a question they don't want to answer. Uh, he just doesn't have that many because the team's playing well. If you take nothing else away from this press conference, take that. He looked very comfortable today. A couple of weeks ago before they played Virginia Tech and a few other things, you could tell he wasn't quite as happy. So that's something to think about. And also in segment two, we're going to gotta go into the press like from the press conference to the stock report, who's playing best by position, talk about a few players, even a young couple of young guys. And then in segment three, kind of where Florida State is. We're at the midpoint of the season, kind of Florida State overall, where they can get to and who they might have to play. I talk about that more and more because it's the bottom line. Florida State wants to be that program. So those are all things that we're definitely going to be looking at together. So PrizePix is one of today's prime sponsors. Go to prizepix.com forward slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to a hundred bucks. Daily sports fantasy made easy. Prize picks. So let's talk a little bit about Norvell's press conference. Again, body language was excellent. Happy. He was engaging with the media. He offered a ton of stuff when he first came to the podium. That's not a guarantee. A lot of coaches, here's a couple of things. What do you, you know, open to questions. You can tell they do not want to be there at all. Norvell wasn't that way. He was real. He offered some information about special teams, specific players, Shaheen Brown, Keem Dent being back, talking about different players coming into the lineup. Uh, CJ you know, had a nice run, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He named key starters to guys that are backups by name, specific plays. You could tell he cares about his players. He's happy. It was about as good a head coach press conference as you're going to see. And I don't say that likely because I am definitely a glass half empty kind of guy in general. And I am not afraid to throw a head coach under the bus in a millisecond. They screw up. I'm going to call it. He's just not making the bad decisions with what he says, how he acts, who he brings up. So hats off to Norbell. With that, here are a couple of the first things that I noticed. And I went through and took a handful of notes, but this is one of the first things he said and arguably the most important. 
really pleased with the fight from our players. Now that sounds generic and it is coach speak, but again, body language, attitude, he offered it. It was unsolicited beginning of the press conference, all positive signs. He gets to see the things that we don't. He designs the practices and goes to them and orchestrates them. He knows what's going on. When you offer something like that in the first minute of a press conference, thumbs up. That's a good sign because that tells me based on how I understand coaches, obviously they played well against Syracuse. I mean, they murdered them 41 to three. But that tells me practice was the way he wanted. Things went well with the film review. The players are dialed in. It's not just the game. I know how this works. Sometimes a team will have a above average but not great week of practice, play well, and coaches will still bitch at press conference. I find out stuff like that behind the scenes and have over the years. Fair enough. You can tell things have gone well when a coach goes into the kind of commentary that Coach Mike Norvell did for the Knowles. So that's one. Here's something else that I completely agreed with, and I mentioned this on Sunday. He took the words right out of my mouth about the defense. He said, defensively, probably the most complete performance that we've had. Because I was thinking about it when I was going through and getting my notes ready for Sunday to do the podcast. And I'm like, when was the last time they were this consistent? Not just like a quarter where you just beat the bejesus out of somebody. Like the, I forget if it was part of the third and into the fourth quarter against LSU was tremendous. But LSU had a, quite a few drives. They should have scored more. It should have been a different game. And Florida State bowed up when they wanted, but they had big problems in there for a bust and this and that. They didn't have those problems against Syracuse. Now, I'm not saying they had the same talent as LSU, but, I mean, LSU had some guys just running scot-free down the sideline, too. Those are just busts. That's on Florida State. When you don't do those things and you make teams earn their way down the field, chances are extremely high, especially at the college level. They're going to screw up. Penalty, botch snap, receiver runs wrong route, two guys block one, another guy comes free. There's going to be something. If you make a team go 10 plays on offense in the college game, it's different than pro. They can't practice as much. They're going to have errors. That's why big plays are everything. That's why I constantly bring up the 20-plus yard plays, and Florida State's great at that. If you can't hit those, it's hard to win. Florida State's defense had been giving those up. Syracuse game showed a different sign. They've kind of turned the corner. That's great because they got Duke this week, which should be obviously their entire focus. They're going to have more tough games down the road. Miami, possibly North Carolina. These are not easy games. Florida State needs to be able to be consistent on defense, and Mike hit it on the head again. Defensively, probably the most complete performance that we've had. Absolutely, 100% correct. Speaking about the offense for just one second, he listed with the Knowles as having 12 explosive plays. Now, I didn't count them up, but obviously they had several. But here's another thing to look at. That's really looking at offensive plays, but you also have to take Keon's return. It was over 70 yards, if I remember right. That's another form. And when you hit those, a 20-yard pass, 20-yard run, the 50-yarder by Tofili, it takes the air out of the other team. But when you do it on special teams, and like the one that Keon had was actually decent coverage, you don't just take it, the air out of a team. You 
you quite honestly just sucked the life out of them. Like he broke three, four tackles and he showed what a gazelle looks like in the open field too. Six, four, two fifteen, And he was, he was picking them up and putting them down. Those kinds of plays are worth more than one in my book. I know it's just one on the stat sheet of sorts, but man, that was a special play. So kind of an extra bonus before I go into the stock report in segment two here in just a segment, just a second. So it's, it's going to be a fun thing to do. There's not a lot of negatives to talk about in the stock report either before I go into it. Um, I, I'm going to be picky on something people can complain if they want, but right now, just kind of looking at all the numbers and everything that I have, it's, and I'm, I'm a stat guy, as everybody knows, this is going to be kind of fun to do. But uh, first off today, LinkedIn jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. I've used LinkedIn jobs as somebody coming out of college, out of grad school from college, and as a way to communicate with people, people I've known for 20 plus years. I still see what they do. Uh, the website's easy to navigate and you can get anything from interns to uh, CPA on there. So whatever business you're in, it's a pretty good opportunity. After you get into it and you're putting up something, simple tools like screening questions, will make it easier so you're not wasting your time trying to fill a candidate. You can do it faster and more efficiently. You can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and eventually hire. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. linkedin.com slash college. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So the first thing that I want to talk about with the stock report is kind of what I was finishing up with in segment one, and that's talking about special teams. Anytime you get a big play, not just like, okay, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Because I kind of checked my notes to make sure, but... I can't think of anything bigger than that kind of play because it's not only important for the Syracuse game for the Knowles, but it's important down the line. And here's what I mean by that. Florida State has film out there on offense and defense that teams are going to look at. And I'm not saying Peter Warwick is walking back into Dope Campbell, but teams used to have to prepare for Florida State in the Bowden era. It's just a comparison differently than anybody else, not because of just the skill, but because they would create explosives on special teams consistently. Block punts, you know, some of Mickey Andrews guys up front on defense at linebacker, uh, could be a corner, whatever. They did different things. If had Buckley, obviously Dion, different guys as returners, it changes games. It makes other teams prepare differently. Huge stock up 
for special teams. And I know it's just one play, but how teams prepare for the Knowles has been proven. If you don't want to add to your that's your your business, if you do not prepare for Florida State special teams accordingly, that's on you. You as a special teams coach, you as a head coach will eventually be asked, what were you guys doing? What did you do to prepare for the Knowles? They'll know, at least some of the media and people like me that read body language, which coaches are given a line of BS. When somebody takes one 50 yards and changes the field and gives Florida State a first down on the other team's 23 or scores on a kickoff or blocks a punt, huge stock up for the Florida State special teams unit. So that's first thing. Second is the offensive line, and Norvell talked about this quite a bit, and I'm just paraphrasing because he went on for a while, but he was talking about how Syracuse is very aggressive. We talked about that last week in the preview, and he's right. He said, to be honest, we were on the right guys. He goes, you know, sometimes you can – you can coach up things with technique. We got some a few things going up, but overall, pretty good. We only had a couple where we're like, oh, we missed this guy. Against an aggressive front that tries to really do everything it can to get negative plays, they just didn't have many. That that puts them in a bad spot because even if they were getting into the backfield, it was in a way it didn't disrupt the running back enough to A, change what his trajectory was to the hole, and B, it didn't hinder him enough to where Florida State didn't get some explosive. Uh, the 50-yarder from Tofili being the exclamation point in the crescendo. When you're able to do that against Syracuse, you probably think, eh, it's no big deal. But again, this is a film-building situation. Florida State running backs, O-line, running game in general, all up because they did it against an awkward team. Uh, maybe not quite as well, but – for those of you that understand football, the, the following is probably something you've had to do if you played or coached. When you go against an option team, it's a long week of practice. Everybody hates it. It's completely different. It's not all, it's not, it's football, but it's not really like football. Well, not quite to that level. Syracuse, their defense is a pain because of how they do things a little bit different than a lot of other schools. Undersized players just trying to shoot gaps, really creative. It's a pain. Florida State handled that well. So that tells me they've got offensive linemen that are picking things up. They're learning the scheme. They're not trying to be individual. They're, they're working as a unit. And then the running backs are playing right off of it. And, of course, at the end of the day, it's still play calling too. Got to give credit to everybody that was involved with the game plan for Florida State. Very, very good job. So, once again, O-line in particular, I want to give the big hats off to. But the run game is probably a better way to put it because Florida State handled Syracuse's pressure. So that was good. The other thing that I found to be unique, if you will, would be Florida State's ability to spread it around a little bit. And I don't know, I can, I guess I can use a little bit of the stats, but obviously Keon was the focus. Johnny didn't play, but they moved the ball around. Bell, Tofili, Morlock, um, Everybody, even like Hakeem had his first touchdown, and boy, did he, did he get shot out of a cannon. Going to talk a little bit about him. They moved the ball around, and it didn't look like if you, if somebody had just turned on the game or walked into Doak, they wouldn't have known, like, let's just use Hakeem Williams on his, his touchdown. They would have been like, why is the starter still in the game, late in the game? Well, he's not a starter. He's a third, fourth team guy. 
So two things would stand out if somebody that didn't know Florida State saw that. They'd say, number one, holy cow, you've got depth, which they do. And number two, your future is very bright. Um, Hikey Williams is a kid that a lot of us knew about in high school, seeing him seven on seven, et cetera. We knew he was going to be good just a matter of when he picked up the offense. But I do not remember him being that fast. Boy, he was shot out of a cannon on that play. So on that note with freshmen, what's – Let's just bring it up here. We're looking at a unique system now where Florida State has done a really good job, as I've talked about before. They they bring in the transfer portal guys like Keon, and I get it, but they're now balancing it really well. In their classes, especially on offense, I think it's pretty unique. They've got Destin Hill. They've got Hakeem Williams. Those guys can make some plays and do some things. And Vandrevis Jacobs – this is going to be a team that has guys pushing from the bottom, just using the receiver depth chart as an example, that it's going to get better and better. We've talked about many times, people have commented on the YouTube page, hey, they need to do better getting the ball to the slots and different guys. Well, they finally have figured out different ways, and that's that's a big stock up for me. For stock down, and this is just being picky, I was going through the notes, looking at the stats, and this is just a concern, potentially speaking. Florida State right now has like 126 first downs they've gotten themselves as a team. A couple of the games they played teams they should beat, but they've given up 117. And I think part of it is some missed run gap fits. The linebackers played much better. But here's my concern. Three out of four of Florida State's leading tacklers are linebackers. Which is not, un- not unusual. They don't have a lot of depth. I'm concerned about depth because they got Duke. They've got Miami, they've got Florida, they've got some teams coming up. They cannot afford any injuries at linebacker just based on how many guys are playing. They might have more than I know, but that's my one concern. And I'm just looking for something here, so sue me on that. But that's my one concern. Florida State's depth at linebacker is probably not ideal. Um, It is what it is. Sometimes it doesn't work out perfect through a season, and sometimes you have to kind of, quote, unquote, ride it through. Because linebacker is a spot at the college level now with the way the passing games are. You've got to just flat know the playbook, know where everybody's at, because teams will expose you if you have the wrong guys in and they can't communicate well. One guy gets out of the out of run gap fit or even worse on just a basic screen. It can be like a convoy down the sideline. So I understand Florida State's probably picky about the linebacker spot, and it's hard to play every team, not just Florida State. But it's difficult. So that's something to think about. It, it's it's going to be difficult from now and forever as long as teams are using the spread. So that's the era we're in. Um, real quick, make sure you check out the Locked On College uh, show that every Friday. They're going to start it at 11 a.m. I didn't mention it yesterday. I should have. It's a great show, 11 a.m. on every YouTube channel. You can check it out right here on Locked On Seminoles. If you can't catch it on Friday at 11, it will be downloaded either on the YouTube and it'll be downloaded, Spotify, Odyssey, Apple, etc. It's pretty darn cool. And segment three, we are going to check out kind of the big box here, just thoughts on Florida State in general and where they're at, plus an injury in college football that I find unique. And it's why college is so different than anything else that I've seen with the emotion and everything, how one player can just make people – just want to put nails on a chalkboard. So it, it's 
it's part of the, the world we're in, man. It's uh, you get down to the nitty gritty when there isn't just one dominant team and Georgia's not as good as they were and Michigan's not either on those elite elite levels, I don't think yet. So there's a chance Florida State could be in there. So an injury does matter. So before we go any further, though, the second sponsor for today is Prize Picks. What is Prize Picks? Prize Picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's you against the numbers, not you against a whole bunch of sharps and people that are just sitting at home and crunching numbers and playing out the Vegas odds that way. Instead of that, you're battling thousands of people in your own way. In other words, you against the numbers. It's nothing about you against other people. You pick more or less than two to six players in a stat projection. Here's an example. Patrick Mahomes. You think he's going to throw for more than or less than 280 yards. You think he's going to throw more than or less than three touchdowns. It's just yes or no. You do the picking. It's just your projections, nothing else. And you can do in other sports too. Here's the key. If you're a hockey person, NHL, why not? If you're a European soccer person, that's cool. That's for you. Prize Picks has a spot for you to do that. I'm a baseball stat guy. I would probably, in the summertime, obviously we're at the World Series now, have all kinds of options. Baseball would be a way I would roll. Now that I just learned about it next year, I kind of know where I'm going. But you can do college basketball. You can do NBA. It's up to you. It's available in Florida, Georgia, and many other states. And the app's pretty darn easy to use, too. Go to prizepicks.com forward slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to 100 bucks. Again, that's prizepicks.com forward slash locked on college. And you can get $100 off your first deposit match. So, segment three, we're going to talk about kind of the big picture here. With Florida State, every week I try to do this at least once. Is Florida State where it needs to be? Are things trending in the right direction? And what are some of the other teams that are doing well or not? I think that the two teams that are the best, all things considered so far this year, based on what I've seen and their upsides, are Michigan and Georgia. But Michigan's schedule leaves a lot to be desired, and quite frankly, so does Georgia. So there's a lot of projection with that. So let me get to the key point. Georgia, and we're not sure for how long, is losing Brock Bowers for multiple weeks. Are they going to lose without him? Probably not. But it brings up a couple of points that relate to Florida State in, honestly, multiple ways. Number one, you could play Florida Florida State versus Georgia matchup out in your mind a million ways, and it could come to fruition in the playoffs. But what's Georgia like when he's not on the field? Teams are going to see now. So even if he comes back and they make the playoffs, when he comes out of the lineup and he's got to take a breather like anybody else, you have extended footage. This is what they're likely to run. This is what they're likely to be successful with. Down a dis- It's going to put them at a bit of a disadvantage. Obviously, they could lose, too. You never know. But he's their guy. It's not even close. Georgia has good receivers, but they didn't. You know, they didn't just throw to him over and over again since he arrived on campus in Athens for the heck of it. Brock Bowers is that guy because, quite frankly, Brock Bowers has earned it. 
he's got an ankle sprain that's got some, I don't know how to explain it, but what I read, he's going to be out multiple weeks. And those kind of things can linger. If Georgia does not have Brock in the playoffs or he's in any way, shape, or form limited, I'll just use that word, it changes the dynamics for Florida State and everybody else, which brings me to the second point. Florida State's been pretty blessed this year. I mean, everybody has injuries. It's football. But Jordan's shoulder injury, while you don't want it to fester, he's been able to play. Keon has been relative, relatively healthy. Johnny didn't play this past, but he probably could have, and it's Syracuse. I mean, they're not going to admit it, but if that would have been the Miami game, what if you played? Yeah, I believe so. You're you're winning out here with the situation that Florida State, quite frankly, if you're going to in any year, you got to have a lot of luck with injuries. I, and I'm not rooting against Brock Bowers, but this may not be Georgia's year just because of that. You cannot lose your number one. Just can't do it. Final point before I wrap up. Florida State is playing better now. Mike Norvell's press conference was spot on today, as I mentioned earlier. Things are looking up at positions that a couple weeks ago I was not real happy about. Receiver and O-line, they've improved. The special teams unit hit a home run with Keon. He almost scored, what was it? He got down to the seven. And finally, Florida State just looks comfortable in its own skin. They're playing good when they need to play good. They're going through the major part of their conference schedule, big top 25 matchup. This is about as good as it gets as a Florida State fan, and Knowles fans should appreciate it. This program has come a tremendously long way in just over a year. It's it's incredible. So it, it's pretty cool to watch what's going on in Tallahassee. So that's something to think about. Please hit that like button, hit the notification bell, share this podcast and comment. If there's something else you'd like me to talk about, fire away. If you got something else that you want to say, shoot shoot that as well. I'm here to read the comments and hear what you got to say. Take care, everybody. Be good.